Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. It is great to see you. It's great to have you joining us, whether in person or online, as we worship the Lord this morning. Hope you made it in if you came in and you survived the blustery day outside. I want to read just a portion of scripture here as we begin. This comes from Psalm 92. It says this. It says, it is good to praise Yahweh, to sing praise to your name, Most High, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. With a ten-streaked harp and the music of a lyre. And he says this, For you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the work of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. We, we serve a God who is far above us in so many ways. And it says here, it is good to praise. It is good to sing. It's good to declare the faithful love and the faithfulness of God this day. We want to welcome you today as we gather to worship. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Hopefully you got an extra hour of sleep last night and you used that time wisely. Uh, just a c- couple quick things before we, um, before we continue in our worship and in our prayer. Um, this morning, um, we, I'm just so thankful. Just thinking back upon the last week or so. Um, last week we had a, a great church meeting here on Sunday night for those of you who are able to join us. And I just want to thank you so much for just the fantastic spirit that we have had in this place. Um, one of the things that we constantly want to be about is knowing Christ and making him known. And of course, the question is, is how do we best do that? How do we best use what God has given us to further his kingdom? And that is our desire. And so thank you for your prayers as we consider things pertaining to the land that our church owns out on Quincy. Um, you have uh, uh, couple things. You have a, um, a newsletter that has dropped today, and that kind of gives a glimpse of things from now until the end of the year, as best we know them. But then you also will find uh, a letter coming to you. You may have already seen it this week of recommendation from the elders about how to go forward on that. So that's kind of uh, church family um, news there. I also just want to say thank you so much for your faithful giving, not just financially, but giving of yourselves this past year. We know it's been an interesting season for, of life for so many of us. And thank you so much for caring for one another. I, I've heard so many instances of people who have gone out of their way to encourage, who've gone out of their way to, imp- to pray, who've gone out of their way to provide uh, meals or anything like that for people in our community. And if there's any way we as a church can serve you, we want to be able to do that well. Whether you're joining us in person or online, that, that, that offer stands. So please let us know if there's any way we can serve you. Uh, I want to invite my friend and brother in Christ, Norm, wherever he be. He's in here. I've seen him today. There he is. I've asked Norm to come and just lead us in prayer as we enter into the text today. Uh, Mark Walters, one of our elders, is going to be teaching this morning. Uh, but but one, of the, one of the reasons I just absolutely love this brother here is because he calls me up earlier this week and he says, hey, can we just sit? Can we talk? And I said, absolutely. And we talk about the Lord. And we end up spending a bunch of time praying uh, together, praying for you, praying for our nation, praying for the persecuted church around the world. And I just love the spirit that my friend here has. And I asked him, hey, Norm, would you come and would you lead us in prayer? 
And um, today is a, a weekend that is often set aside to remember the persecuted church throughout the world. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ who face incredible things that many of us can't even begin to comprehend um, for their faith. And it's right that we take a moment and we pray for those and we just be thankful to God. I, I told our worship and media team this morning as we gathered, we are so blessed, so blessed to be able to open the scripture. There are countries in this world where you cannot even own a copy of the word of God legally. What an incredible gift. Let us remember our brothers and sisters. Let us make the most of what God has given us today. And let's be prayerful as we move towards that. So, Norm, thank you for leading us in prayer, and then we'll invite Mark to come up and, and teach this morning. Thank you. I just wanted to reminisce a little bit about um, what we called when I was in another church and younger, we called it the congregational prayer. And that means I think that everybody prays, not just the one up front. Anyway, us kids, we just called it the long prayer. And, uh, because sometimes we, we weren't very very attentive. But I trust the best of your ability, young and old, we can always have a part in, in when another person is praying. We pray with our with our with our heart and our, our mind and join in. So this isn't this isn't my prayer, trust it'll be your prayer in the church. The prayer of uh, First Baptist uh, Church of Zealand. So <clears throat> Will you pray with me? Thank you, Father, for giving us this day together. Thank you, and uh, we thank you that we can call you our, our Father. I trust your name would be, be hallowed in heaven and earth. And uh, we come to you in the strong name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be humble before you, knowing that without him and because of him, we, we have a great mediator, a great savior, and accompanied by the spirit of God that lives in us, we'd be experiencing, um, and the Lord Jesus said he would intercede for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with the, in, the, in the mind and the will of God. And so we just thank you for showing grace and mercy to us. And we confess it's really easy to be comfortable in this good land that, that you've given, given to us. And uh, I, I, I believe I'm more um, aware, more of committing sins of omission than I am of, uh, probably of sins of commission. And uh, I pray you can forgive us for that. You help us to be the kind of people you you want us to be in prayer. And, uh, so we come today, you today, especially, um, especially for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Um, it's, uh, it's terrible to hear what goes on in, uh, in uh, especially in communist countries, North Korea and China, where people are separated from their family. They're, they're beaten and uh, they're even threatened with killing their own children when, unless they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and perhaps some of, these, some of these have denied you to save their family. 
I, I pray that you'd have a forgiving spirit toward whoever could not handle the pressure. We know what happened to even the great disciple Peter when he denied our Lord and you restored him. So I pray <clears throat> today for, um, I thank you for uh, Far East Broadcast Network and Transworld Radio, people that are reaching these countries where we can't go. And I pray that you just bless them. Our brother Wayne, he has a part in, uh, in preparing equipment and things that these kind of things can happen today. And we ask the Spirit of God to accompany the Word of God in uh, reaching many people in that way. And then we get to all these all these families today who are, are, are in Islam, especially when a member comes, comes to Christ, they, they suffer great persecution and are shunned and even attempted to, to kill. We've got the country of India where we have religious zealots and uh, attempting to put <clears throat> to put our people to death, to burn their churches, our whole, especially our African nation um, of people where under Islam they are, they are really persecuted today with, with terrible things going on. And I pray today that you'd give them strength, you'd give them courage, you'd give them a great joy in what they're going through, and uh, you'd just see miracles in their life. You'd give... Uh, great ministry to them as they continue their persecution, as, uh, as their persecutors see the great attitude and uh, the love that they show even when they're, when they're persecuted, because this is how your church will continue to grow. Thank you for our First Baptist family here. The, you just bless our witness. We'd, be, we'd not be less faithful than, than these people who are going through this severe kind of thing um, in, in our families, in our city, in our school, our churches, our, our factories, wherever we meet people in our state, in our nation, and in the world. Thank you for the ministry you give us, and especially now as we're going through this election time. Father, have your way, and we know you will, and your purposes will, will continue, and we trust we would be, um, whatever outcome there is, we believe that it will be in, in your good hand, and we'll be called to be the people you want us to be. <clears throat> Father, we, you know about the things that go on in our church family. You know about the COVID that's um, around our, our nation, around our own place. I pray you'd spare us from um, being uh, a people that are attacked by this. And pray for people like, um, from Mark Vanderhals, who's just going through some terrible times with the, the cancer and the treatment and the things that, um, in, that go on in, in his life. We have a whole group of people who are, in, in a sense, incarcerated because of the COVID in, in nursing homes and assisted living places, um, like Beverly Van Dyke and Donna Malone and, and Eloise and Jan Audemol and then 
I'm sure there's, there's others, Father, I pray they'd have a sense of, of peace when they can't even, uh, <clears throat> can't even have uh, visitors. So as your sheep, we look to the, to the good shepherd to, to care for us and be to us what we want us to be. I trust, trust in our response we would be people that uh, love our God with all our heart and soul and mind. We're the ones who love our neighbors and, and part of loving our neighbors would be, be praying for them and in earnest prayer, not just once, once a year, once a week, but every day as you bring to mind our persecuted brothers and sisters, you would, uh, you would uh, just bless bless them today. Now for the rest of the service that goes on, thank you for Brother Mark and all the good good people that minister to us in this place. I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Norm, for praying for us. And interestingly, Norm prayed that we would uh, love our brothers and sisters, and that's part of our message this morning. I am so excited just to be here today in the midst of all that goes on in this crazy world uh, with COVID, with the election, whatever's happening in your neighborhood, in your life. We come here, we're going to look into God's Word, and God's Word does not change. So we have something steadfast and sure here today. So you can turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 13. Now we've started a study in the book of Romans, and we actually started in chapter 12. And the book of Romans has, is divided into two parts. Chapters 1 through 11, Paul writes and he tells the people what they should believe. And in chapters 12 through 16, he tells the church how they should behave. And so this morning, as we're in chapter 13, and we're going to be starting in, in verse 8, I'd like to take you back just a little bit into the book of Romans, because we're going to be talking about love, and I want us to see what Paul has already said about love to the church. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he says, But God commanded his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And rather than that word commanded, which, I don't know, it's just kind of a hard word, use the word demonstrated. So in Romans 5, 8, it says, God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, if you think you're not loved, or if you think you're beyond God loving you because you've done something in your life, God starts out and he says, I love sinners. You're the people that I love. So no one here or no one listening today is beyond the scope of God's love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, for those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior, he says that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Spirit. We have two truths here. One is we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, and we have the love of God. And that word shed abroad might not mean much to you, but when God dispenses love and he gives his love to you, he doesn't do it with a little eyedropper or a little spoon or something. He gives it to you as a gushing, roaring river. And one of the first things as I was studying, I saw that I thought of 
Big Thompson Canyon in Colorado in 1976, and I was living out west at the time, and so it was big news for the area. Within 15 minutes, it went from a river to a raging torrent that moved houses, cars, boulders, trees, and God says, I'm putting my love in you. You have a source of love now. And then as far as that love is concerned, in Romans chapter 8, he writes, and he says, the love that I give to you, no one can take away. Um, he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or if we're hungry or cold or in danger? He says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, angels can't, demons can't, our fears for today, our worries for tomorrow, even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away from us. Whether we're high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. There is nothing we can do that would separate us from God's love. Now this morning we're going to start in chapter 13. And beginning in verse 8. And I'd like to read this passage so you have an understanding of where we're going. So follow along. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So if it's hard to follow, then just listen, all right? It says, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others. You can never refinish finish paying that. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill all the requirements of God's law. For the commandments against adultery, murder, and stealing, and coveting, and any other commandment are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to anyone, so it satisfies all of God's commandments. And another reason for right living is that you know how late the time is, and the time is running out. Wake up, for the coming of our salvation is near, nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So don't live in darkness. Get rid of all those evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. Clothe yourself in the armor of right living as those who live in light. We should be decent and true in everything we do so that everyone can approve of our behavior. Don't participate in wild parties or getting drunk or adultery or immoral living or in fighting and jealousy. But let the Lord Jesus take control of you and don't think of ways to indulge in your evil desires. First thing I'd like to look at this morning is, it says, pay all your debts. Well, are we talking finances here? Is this a verse we could use to say you can't borrow money? We're going to quickly say no to that because scripture does give us instruction about borrowing and lending, so that's not what he's saying. Um, he did just get done talking about in verse 7 to pay your taxes and your import duties. So he's saying to do that. But listen, he's saying pay all your debts except for the debt of love to others. You can never finish paying that. So I thought, well, how do, how do I explain, how do we understand paying our debt of love to others? So sometimes we have to make it tangible, okay? So when it comes to debt, and I was thinking about money, and I thought, 
thought, well, what if someone would give me some money? And uh, I'd be grateful. And just by, by the way, if anyone wants to this morning, that would be fine. Just bring it on. That's all right. Um, but say someone came and gave me some money. And then they said to me uh, later, hey, I gave you that money, but I could really use some back. Could, could you give me 20 bucks? Well, sure. So I, I would give them the 20, and, and uh, I think, man, that's okay. So if any of you would like to give me $100, I'll give you 20 back anytime. That'd be fine, all right? But what if he comes back later and he says, uh, say, I, could, I, could, I really need some more money, and I could use another 20. And I give him another 20. So now I've got 60 left, but again, if you want to give me 100 and only take 40 back, you can do that any day. And then he comes to me again and he says, could I get some more? And I give him some more. And, and now he comes back for the last time and, you know, I, I'm down 80 bucks so far and I've got 20 left. He says, could you give me $20? So I give him the last 20 that he gave me and I've now given him all of his $100 back. And you might say that I've kind of paid my debt back to him. We're kind of even now, all right? But scripture says you can't pay your debt back to someone. So think about this. So I think I had a, yeah, I had a 20 here. I don't get into the really big numbers, um, especially with money. Uh, I'm on the low end of there. Um, but I was looking at big numbers this week. Like, it's kind of fun. I like Google, all right? I don't know how to do a lot, but I know how to Google. So I'm like Googling big numbers. How many of you know what a centillion is? C-E-N-T-I-L-L-I-O-N, centillion. Whoa, how many zeros are there? Does anybody know how many zeros it has? If you say a lot, you're right. <laughs> a centillion has 303 zeros. Now, I didn't write that out this week, but I'm sure... You know, if the line is this big, then that's how big you're supposed to write. That's how I write, okay? So if I were to write out one centillion, it'd be one with 303 zeros, and we'd have a big number. So if somebody came to me and gave me one centillion dollars, has the government printed that much? No, they'll just keep printing more. Um, uh, if they gave me a centillion dollars and came to me and said, hey, could I get $20? I was like, Sure. And then they came back to me the next week and said, could I get $20? Sure. I've still got a lot left. Um, and then they came back the next week and said, could I get 20? And I'd say, sure. And the next week, could I get 20? And I'd say, sure. You know what? I could never, ever repay that debt or that gift to him because it was so outstanding. And when we're talking about love here, we're talking about the love that Jesus Christ, remember that uh, Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. God sheds his love into our hearts and gives us a resource where, wherewith we can love others. Um, if you remember back in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, it says, don't just pretend you love others, really love them. Love each other with genuine affection. And so we need to love each other. And God's love is so amazing. And he takes his love and he sheds it abroad in my heart. He gives me the wherewithal, this overflow, overflow, overflow of love. And then he says to me, now love others and you'll never run out. You'll never, you'll never run short. You'll have plenty to share. 
And so the love of God shed abroad in my heart. I could never repay the debt of love for others. Then he goes on here and he writes, um, seems like it gets a little confusing. If you love your neighbor, you'll fulfill all the requirements of God's law. For the commandments against adultery, murder, stealing, and coveting, and any other commandment are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so love your neighbor as yourself. All right, first let me back up. He gives a couple of commandments here. And it seems like this is coming from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, all right? And in the Ten Commandments, the first four commandments are, have to do with our relationship to God. The other six commandments have to do with our relationship to men. And so he mentions a couple here. He says, do not commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. There's two others that relate to men. Do you remember what they are? Honor your mother and father and don't bear false witness. And so he's bringing up these ten commandments or these, this list of these commandments here. And he's referring to it with love. But then he says, um, it's all summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So I went to Exodus, or, uh, Exodus chapter 20, I read the Ten Commandments, and guess what? It doesn't say love your neighbor as yourself there. So where is he getting this? So if you go to Exodus chapter 19, God is giving instruction. Let me just turn there a minute. God is giving instruction, and... Um, Excuse me, did I say it's Leviticus 19? I'm not sure what I, what I had just said there. And God has given instruction on holy living or holy conduct. And he's, and he's speaking to them in regard to those who are needy, less fortunate, the underprivileged, and those who have physical disabilities. So in Leviticus 19, he starts writing and he says, when you harvest your crops, don't harvest the outer edge, Okay. Leave that for the poor and the needy. And then he says, when you harvest your grapes, don't pick all of them. Leave some clusters for those who are poor and needy or those who are less fortunate. And then he goes on, and it kind of sounds like the Ten Commandments. He says, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie. Um, don't use my name in vain. He says, don't cheat or rob anyone. Make sure you hire your workers promptly. Um, Verse 14 of, of Leviticus 19 says, uh, show your fear of God by treating the deaf with respect and by not taking advantage of the blind. So those who have physical disabilities would probably be able uh, to take advantage of them. And God says, don't do that. Um, he continues on. He says, don't slander or gossip. Um, don't try to get ahead at the cost of your neighbor's life. Um, don't nurse hatred in your heart for anyone. It says in verse 18, it says, never seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone, but love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I would have thought because this love your neighbor as yourself comes up so often that it would have been in with the Ten Commandments or like this huge passage, and I don't mean to minimize anything in Scripture, but God is giving this list of of commands and right at the bottom the last thing he says 
and love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to spend just a minute with that because Jesus was asked a question one time. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus had just been with his disciples. He washed their feet. Something someone else should have done. But Jesus humbles himself and he washes their feet. And they go ahead and they share the elements like we're going to have this morning um, the Lord's Supper. And then Jesus tells them that someone's going to betray him. And he tells them that he's going to be leaving. And they won't be able to find him. But then he says, um, Matthew 22, verse, oh boy. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I lost my place here a minute. Um, okay, got ahead of myself. <laughs> Let me back up the story a little bit. The religious leaders are quizzing Jesus. I was thinking of a different passage. Religious leaders are quizzing Jesus. One group asks Jesus some questions. He answers. They're amazed at his wisdom. Another group asks Jesus some questions. They're amazed at his answers. But then the Pharisees, in fact, one of the big guys in the, in, who really knows the law, um, asked Jesus a question. So let me read from Matthew 22 a minute. Um, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So if I were to ask you a question today, I mean, for me, that was an impossible question. Because there's a lot of commands. Um, if I were to ask you this morning, what's the most important verse in the Bible? You, you would struggle with that. If I were to ask you this morning, what is God's greatest attribute? You might struggle with that. Uh, kids, if I were to ask you, do you pack a lunch or ride the bus? You might struggle with an answer for that, okay? This seemed like an impossible answer. And Jesus responds and he says, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So I'm sure the religious, this man of law, thought to himself, good answer. That's not it. But then Jesus says, but you also need to love your neighbor as yourself. And I think to myself, of all the commands in Scripture, why would Jesus say that? And if we go back to Romans, it says that if you obey these, he says that all of it's summed up in this. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you've obeyed all the commands. If I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to commit adultery because I'm going to have love and respect for them. I'm not going to murder because I have love and respect for you. I'm not going to covet your stuff because I'm glad you have it. Or I'm not going to steal from you because I wouldn't want you to steal from me. So Jesus' response answers the greatest question of all time. Of what is the greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you love yourself? I love me. 
I take good care of me. I make sure I have everything I need. All right? I took a good hot shower this morning because that felt good to me. I tell you, I shaved this morning. I got around the edges because I take care of me. I bought a new shirt a couple weeks ago because it looked nice. And I thought, that would take care of me. All right, I'm going to do an advertisement for Sam's Club a minute. Some time ago, I found these things in the freezer department at Sam's Club, and they're called Fat Boys. And it's an ice cream bar, and it's good ice cream. It's got chocolate on it and a little bit of crunch. I love those things. And for a few weeks in a row, we bought those, and I ate them unrestrained. And then I realized they call them fat boys because if you keep eating those, you will become one. <laughs> I ate them because I loved them. And now I tell Gwen, don't buy them because I love me and I don't want to be a fat boy. Listen, I take care of myself. I do everything I can to make sure I'm, I'm loved. I clean my vehicle because I love me. I like driving around in a clean vehicle. Um, I do stuff for me. When I was about 16 or 17, my mom ironed all my shirts. And I wanted to wear a shirt, and it wasn't ready for me. And I kind of said something to mom. I don't remember what. But it was enough that her response was, here, let me show you how to iron. From that day on, Mom might have ironed a few shirts, but I ironed my shirts because I liked them pressed. To this day, I love me enough, I iron every one of my dress shirts. Now, my wife would do it for me, but it's my quirky thing. So all through college, everything, I iron every dress shirt before I wear it. Why? Because I love me, and it's worth it. And God's word says, I should love others, and not just my church, but also unbelievers. I should love others, and we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. I should love others as much as I love myself. And when I was thinking about that this week, it's like, well, how do we love other people? And I asked my wife if I could say this, because um, I'm going to use her in an illustration. I always have to ask before I do that. Um, so I go grocery shopping with my wife, and here's how we grocery shop. I drive her to the store, and we shop at Myers. So we go into the store, and she goes this way to grocery shop, and I go this way to spend about the next half hour just kind of wandering around the store. And then I meet her over by the produce, because that's kind of the last before you check out. And when we check out, and the cashier rings it up and puts it in the bags, I load the cart. I push the cart to the car. I, un I unload the cart. I bring the groceries in, okay? And uh, so I help her that way. That's my idea of grocery shopping with my wife. All right, but here's the hard part. We get over to get in line. Okay, my focus is what's the fastest, what's the quickest way to get out of here? If you have to play bumper carts with the shopping carts a little, that's all right because it's a contest to get out of there the quickest. 
But do you know what my wife does? She stands there, and I'm standing beside her, and all of a sudden this lane opens up, and I'm like, I'm thinking. I don't verbalize. I'm thinking, go. Go. And she's watching because here comes somebody else. And she so patiently just waits and let that person go first. And I'm just dying. I'm thinking, we could be out of here. And as I was studying about loving others as you love yourself, I think my wife is loving others in that she's saying, you just go ahead. You go first. I can wait, and my impatient husband can wait. What do we do for others that we would do for ourselves? How much need do we see around us? Who is there that needs help? So you think, oh, I can't help everybody. Um, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. So who do you come in contact with? Um, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I did it this morning. As I sat down and went through this again, I wrote a list of people that I could love. People that I know need some help. Somebody that's sick. Um, or just someone that needs somebody to call on them or to care for them. And I said, God, this is my list of people that I'm going to love this week. And I don't even know if I can get through it this week. But I'm going to love them as myself. And even this morning, I'm thinking, I'm not asking for your money. But I'm thinking, we think, well, how can I help? I, I can't give money to everybody. You know what? After our communion service this morning, we always take a, an offering, and it's called Benevolent Fund. And it's to help people who have need. And if you sit here this morning and say, well, I don't know how I could help anybody, maybe you could help by just giving to the Benevolent Fund. That's a start. Because we can never pay the whole debt that we owe. But we could love others as ourselves. And then I want to even bring this a little farther because not only are we to love others as ourselves, but I'd like to look at John 13 for just a minute. All right, in John, Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet. All right? And they've shared the Lord's Supper. And he predicts Peter's denial. And Jesus says, I'm going to go away, but you can't come with me. You don't know where I'm going. But in John 13, verse 34, he says, Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Jesus says, a new commandment I'm giving to you, that you love others just as I have loved you. Jesus didn't really have to be careful here because um, the command wasn't new. The standard was new. Because originally God said, love others as you love yourself. Now Jesus is saying, love others like I have loved you. How did Jesus love you? He loved you completely. He loved you as you were. He loves you with no condition. And Jesus says you should love me. Love others as I have loved you. And then also in John chapter 15. Verse 
Verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father and remain in his love. But I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, with my joy overflowing. And I command you to love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And here is how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when a person lays down their life for their friends. Jesus says not just to love each other as you love yourself, but love others as I have loved you and have poured myself and my life into you. That's how we need to love. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Follow God's example in everything you do because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love for others. Follow the example of Christ who gave himself to you and gave himself as a sacrifice to take away your sins. Christ loved us without condition, without end, without expectation. He loved us no matter who I am or what I have done. He loved us First, even before we loved him, is how Jesus loves us. And if we love like that, we'll fulfill all of the commands. And now, as I studied this, I kind of struggled with verse 11 because it seems like it kind of goes off to the side, like um, all of a sudden you made a turn. But remember, the first 11 chapters of Romans are about what to believe. This is like um, how to behave. And so now he's saying here, another reason to behave right or another reason for living right. Um, and let me read it. It says, another reason for right living is that you know how late the time is. It's running out. Wake up for the coming of your salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. Can I just sum this up for you? Paul writes and he says, live right because Jesus is coming again. And we should be reminded of that every day. And as I study this week and I'm thinking about it, I, think, I don't think of that near enough. I should live every day like Jesus is coming again. And he says to them, wake up. The Encyclopedia Britannica, I have so much trouble saying this, Britannica, thank you, um, I keep working through it, defines sleep as a state of inactivity, loss of consciousness, decrease in responsiveness to events taking place. And he writes here and he says, wake up, don't be sleeping anymore, don't be inactive, don't, don't be unconscious, don't be unresponsive. Because Jesus is coming back, and we need to be living like we believe that every day. And I'm thinking that in the, in the 60s and the 70s, I can remember my mom saying, do you want to do that when Jesus, do you want to be caught doing that when Jesus comes again? 
Where do you want to be when Jesus comes again? And there was that constant reminder, Jesus is coming again. What will I be doing when Jesus comes again? And he says here that um, we're closer now than when you first believed. And it's amazing to me that Paul already thought some 2,000 years ago that Jesus could be coming back at any time, and he's challenging them to live in a way that would be pleasing to God. Why is that so important? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we're ambassadors for Christ. And an ambassador is a representative of one to another or someone who has an, an official messenger with a special, special message. We are ambassadors for Christ. And Paul is saying you ought to live in such a way that you represent Jesus Christ today. He says to them um, to clothe yourselves in right living. He says to get rid of the ease, deeds of evil. You ever think about being clothed with or, or getting rid of? Um, I have to tell you a story. When I was a young fellow, my dad and I cleaned a pig coop out. And it's a huge coop. And it was divided into partitions and there were hundreds of pigs in there. And it had a concrete floor. And running through the pig coop was a channel, maybe 18 inches wide and 12 inches deep. And my, my job and my dad's job was, literally we had a snow shovel, and we would scrape and clean the bad stuff and put it into that trough. And then there was a chain and a rail around it that would take it out and dump it into a pit. And so dad and I would take our snow shovel and we're scraping and cleaning and man, if anything started those little pigs, man, they would go like this and bad stuff was flying all over and it's on your clothes and on your face and everything and this is a dirty job, okay? But here we are doing that and we get done and sometimes even that track would break and even if you ran it for a while, it never emptied and we would have to get down like this roll up your sleeves and try and feel a nut in the bolt and fix that thing. And then when we were done, it was like, had to wash thoroughly. There, now I'm clean. And I would continue working. And when we were all done, coop was cleaned out. We'd go to the house, and I needed to clean up. And we lived in the country. And I'd stand at the back door, make sure nobody was around, and I'd peel down to my shorts, leave my clothes there, I'd sneak down to the basement and take a shower because I stunk bad. And then when I was done with that, literally, I would go upstairs and take a bath. And I would soak in the tub and I'd put some bubble bath in there. And this was the good stuff. I think it was like 25 cents a gallon or something. And I'd put this lilac bubble bath in the tub and I would soak in the tub and try and get rid of this awful smell. Well, when I got out of the tub, what I smelled like was a pig in a lilac bush. 
But I tell you what, I never once, after I got done cleaning up, went out to the back door, picked up those dirty clothes, and put them back on. That never appealed to me. And Paul writes here, and he's saying to these people, how is it? Get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. Clothe yourselves in the armor of right living as those who live in light. We should be decent and pure in the things that we do. Don't participate in wild parties and getting drunk and adultery and immoral living and fighting and jealousy. And he says, you claim the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And yet these people are living like they're still in the old way, in drunkenness and parties and rioting and stealing. And Paul says, how can this be? Don't you realize that Jesus is coming soon? And you've put on those old, dirty rags again. And he says, oh, folks, you shouldn't do that. Jeremy, you and your team can come up here. I just need to bring to a close. Why do we love? Because we need to love like Christ loved us. And what does love accomplish here? What, what, what happens here? I think two things. When we love each other, it brings unity to the church. But when we love our neighbor as ourselves, or even as Christ loved them, after I've loved my neighbor, after I've shared with my neighbor, after I've helped my neighbor, after I've maybe given money financially to my neighbor, after I've encouraged my neighbor, after I've shown the love of Christ to my neighbor, I now have an opportunity to share the gospel of Christ with them. Paul writes and he says, man, wake up. Don't be asleep. Jesus is coming. And with an urgency, we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us. We need to share the love of Christ with those who are around us. Let me tell you, folks, don't put on the dirty stuff anymore. Live for him. Live in a way that would honor and glorify him. Live like you expect Jesus to come back today. Our Father and our King, how thankful we are to be your children. How thankful we are, God, to be able to have life in your name to no longer walk in a sinful pattern of living, but to have a redeemed and restored and renewed heart by your spirit. And yet, Father, as we walk out into this week, we recognize that we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the principalities of this age. God, we struggle with the flesh, the, 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 the part of our old man that wants to pursue the things that bring what we think to be satisfaction and joy. And yet, God, you have given us your spirit to walk in a new way of living. And I pray, Lord, that you would renew our hearts, renew our minds. God, we yield our lives to you again today. And ask you to teach us what is right and what is true. God, we ask for your grace to be able to live out the truth of your word. Thank you, God, for not leaving us, as scripture says, as orphans. 
but instead for sending your spirit to lead, to guide, and to dwell. We bless you, Lord God. We thank you for the work that Jesus has done on our behalf, his death, his resurrection, so that we might have life today. We thank you, God, even for the command to love one another as Christ has loved us. Lord, for many of us today, that looks to be a challenging feat in a world marked by division and by strife and by anger and by malice. God, we need you to walk with us today. We need your power to work through us that we might love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, and that we might love our neighbor as ourself. Thank you, God, for being sufficient for our lives this day, we pray. Together, in Jesus' name, we say, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for gathering. Uh, just uh, two quick things, and then we'll dismiss you. Uh, first is, uh, welcome to November. Such a great month to be in. Uh, yeah, we love, we love November. Uh, December's around the corner, too, so there's lot, lots of good stuff coming up as we head into this holiday season. Um, but also, Mark mentioned this in his teaching. Uh, oftentimes, we take a, a benevolent offering, an offering that goes to serve the needs of uh, really many people, both within our congregation and in our community. And we often take that on communion Sundays because it's a, it's a great time to remember, a great time to give. If you're giving and you would like to include that, you can do that online. You can also do that through your check. Just mark benevolent so that we know that. And just know that those funds will be used wisely. Uh, it's such a blessing to be able to serve people as they come into our offices during the week and to serve our community well. So if there's any way we can serve you this week, we'd love to be able to do that. Would you stand with me? And we will, we, we will get ready to go here. May the love of God go with you this day so that you may love him with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. May he give you grace to love our neighbor and our, your neighbor, my neighbor, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves for the glory and the advancement of God in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening. We hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith. If you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church, we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org or call us at 616-772-4377.